tell people it was over. I didn't. I don't think. I thought you did on the little folder. Um, here, what did I say? A three? No, I just said three. So, okay. I'm famous for finishing on time. And what we don't have is a time to finish. No, of the space, but whatever you like. I'm going to begin introducing myself, most of you know me, with a very small story because I hope it creates an energy. I tried that already. <laughs> Apparently nobody wants to sit in these two chairs, even though there's two chairs and two people. But never mind. <laughs> okay. So, and there's more chairs we can bring yeah. in. Would you like to be in the back? Thanks. Okay. She's perfect. Okay. So, about a year, a little more ago, I was invited to facilitate an AGM at the Clacoose First Nation. And it was a very last minute call at 7 p.m. at night. It's the next day starting at 10. Can you come? The facilitator who'd been hired couldn't come. Sure, absolutely, I'll be there. So I go have a half an hour conversation with Kevin PC, the chief, about what's happening. And I'm sitting downstairs in the multi-purpose building boom. And I'm sitting at the table. And it occurs to me that I'm the only white person in the room. And I start, I'm sitting next to um, Michelle and at the table. And I don't know everybody. There must be 38 or so folks. You have to sit up here. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> this is already we don't bite. So I'm kind of going to Michelle, who's that? And she passes me a name and I write it down and then who's he? And I write it down. So now clearly I'm the only white person in the room taking names. Right. <laughs> and I've made my little diagram of who people are and the meeting carries on and about an hour later I basically all I'm doing is a speaker's list because I don't know what else to do and I'm looking I'm going Laurier you're next and after you is Shirley and when it's Shirley's turn she goes who are you and why are you here <laughs> and there's this complete blank in the room and I say, I'm Kristen, and I don't know, really, why I'm here. And there's this great pause, and I'm feeling very self-conscious, very defended, and beginning to think, uh-oh, you know, I'm really an outsider here. And Shirley starts to laugh. And then Kevin starts to laugh, and he kind of puts his head down, and everybody else starts to kind of giggle. And Kenny says, I know you, you're Kristen. You can be here. And still nobody knows why I'm there, including me. And the feeling of community was so remarkable in that shift from I'm defended, I'm a little bit scared, I can't speak well, they're going to send me out, to you can be here was so amazing. Mm -hmm. that, that's why I'm here, because I want that feeling in our community. So I'm Kristen, and that's why I'm here. And what I would really enjoy if we could do it really fast, not everybody has to speak, 
but I would love it. You all, almost everybody knows everybody. They could just go around a word, a phrase, your name. Why are you here? Why are you here? Because I am interested in community. Oh, Roy. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to miss it. I think something quite amazing is about to begin. I'm Andy. I'm here because I care. I'm Phil. Uh, I'm relatively new, and uh, I experienced uh, quite a bit of early turmoil. And I think there must be a better way. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth, and I'm here uh, also because I care. Okay. I'm, Wilson, um, I'm Wilson, and I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> You're so like I'm, I'm Caroline Salur. I'm Caroline, because I care. I'm George, because I'm very interested in uh, participatory democracy. Uh -huh. I'm Darshan, and I'm here uh, because I'm curious about what we're going to create. Okay. I'm uh, Jennifer, and I'm here because I love this community. I'm Basil. I'm here because I think this is the best place in the world that I can imagine living. And I'm just incredibly excited about the idea of creating an even better Cortez by having a more representative type of government that I hope we imagine starting in this room. I'm uh, Ron, always interested in, um, in community affairs, so that's from here. I'm John, I want to find out what other people think. <laughs> I'm Dee, and I'm frustrated beyond words with our existing government structures. Ditto that, Fred. <laughs> 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 Ditto that. I'm Fred. Uh, yeah, just here to experience community and process, be part of it. Uh, I'm Grant, and um, I love this community, and um, it matters just as much today as it always has, and uh, I think this is a really interesting possibility. I'm Sonia, and uh, I'm here hoping for community change, but I think it's always changing, and it's exciting when it's positive. <laughs> I'm Bruce, and I'm here because I'm optimistic. Hey. <laughs> I'm Andy, and I, I'm with Wilson. I'm not sure why I'm here. <laughs> uh, I'm Doug because I, I really like the community, obviously, and I just relish independent debate, thought. Let's see what we can do. I'm Sue, and I miss Cortez. I'm Lisa, and I really think this is a positive direction. Thank you. I'm Sandy. I think it's important that people are involved and know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm Anne, and I'm here because my mom's here. <laughs> <laughs> Always the best answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having, um, yeah, it just intrigued me, and I was interested in what possible to come out of I'm Gail, and uh, I'm interested in what I read in the Seeding Cortez Community Council, the ideas about. Uh, yeah what is being called for is a different way of organizing ourselves, a way that is not about any one elected representative, person, party, or way of thinking. And I thought, right, good. Try that. Yeah. And you're here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh charming. I'm Sam. That's Linus. And yeah, just here, curious. 
long tail, and I'm here because of him, I guess. <laughs> I'm last, I guess. I'm here because I've been really frustrated trying to understand what's going on at the regional district level. Just so much chaos and ineffectiveness that it drives me crazy. So maybe we can do something different. Okay. And who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> Um, I'm Nova, and I want this community to be somewhere that my daughter still wants to be at my age. Okay. So I'm giving it to you. Oh, okay. Um, well, I, I was just down at a kid's birthday party at, at uh, Smell Bay, which is apparently where all my generation is. Um, and somebody said, oh, how are you? And I said, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous because there's about to be this meeting that I really care about and maybe nobody will come or maybe only grumpy people will come or maybe people will come who think it's a really dumb idea and it won't go anywhere and it really matters to me. So just thank you for coming and sharing a couple of hours of, of your afternoon and caring enough to either be frustrated enough or inspired enough or hopeful enough to come and imagine what we could do together. I have no answers, like none at all. I have lots of questions and I'm hoping that answers can be created from our collective creativity and imagination. Um, I'm trusting that almost everyone here has either read my flyer or read something, so I'm not going to reiterate you know, a whole bunch of what I've said, but just to shape a little bit of context for our discussion, um, I really see that there's a quickening afoot. I, I feel it. I feel so many other people feel it. There's so much emerging, both planetarily and also what's happening here. There's so many new initiatives and so many new ideas burgeoning. And I see in our, the, this map on the wall here is all of our social profit sector. So all the nonprofits and co-ops and organizations working on behalf of the community. There, there isn't sort of cooperation really between them or there isn't a collectivity. Um, so I see in all of that, plus all of these other emergent, emergences, uh, a, a real value to find cohesion and find a space where we can hear our own voice, hear our own interests, advocate or advocate externally, but most interestingly, um, act internally in a more um, coordinated and, and thoughtful way. And I <coughs> realize in digging into climate science that we're moving into an, and really into a time of unknown. There's all kinds of predictions, but truly we don't know. And that place of unknown actually lands in our body as trauma. Mm -hmm. it, it, it creates this kind of angstful space um, that sends people into all kinds of states of, of unwellness. And I'm looking for spaces to sort of bridge over that as much as we can into places that, that inspire and cohere and, and build connection in this community. So I gave a presentation. <laughs> Uh, somebody in the room laughed at me when they learned that I gave a presentation to a regional district about climate change. Um, and I didn't do so because I expected that they would do a whole lot, but I did so because I couldn't not know what I'm learning and not share it and feel responsible. And so I'm going to share just two or three really high-level facts that I've learned recently that compel me to uh, focus almost all my attention on deep community resilience response at all kinds of levels. Uh, the UN, which is not a terribly radical body, is predicting that in the next 30 years, over up to a billion people on the planet, that's one out of seven people, so 200 million to a billion people will be global refugees due to climate. 
Now, the Syrian refugee crisis was a million people. <coughs> I just, I could leave it right there. But there's, there's a level and a magnitude of global chaos that's going to hit us, and a lot faster than I had realized. And we're in one of the most climatically stable places on the planet, so maybe we won't feel the effects directly of climate change as fast, but we will feel the effects of the fraying of our global system, whether that's the, the um, economics and therefore the whole global supply chain, chain of goods and, and services and commerce, uh, whether that will be, di be disease, as we're, and we're seeing, whether that will be you know, fires in other places that add disruption. So the, and even if this, none of this comes to be, even if the, you know, the whole IPCC is completely off the rocker and all their models are wrong, it still is of value to us to build deep, resilient, adaptive systems here, um, even in the best of times. I'll leave the rest of the facts. Um, so it, I've just come to the belief really strongly in the last year that we're looking at some inevitable systems collapse. In the next few years, um, five years, 10 years, 20, I don't know, it could be five months, I don't know what it'll be, but there's something afoot. And I think that we as a community are better situated than anywhere else I know to respond in a really interesting way. So coming back to this real belief about community being the unit of resilience, I can tell you that it's not the regional district. That I mean, even, even in the best case circumstances where people at the district, both at the staff and the political level, are open-hearted and cooperative and big-minded, it's not a structure that is representative of any community. It's a place where we come together and have almost nothing in common in the middle of the table. And, and so it's not a structure that can respond quickly to the needs of any particular community that needs to be here. And so I, I began to you know, ask Bruce and, and others about how was it before the district was created and I went to Hornby and learned a little bit about the rate fairs there that's still going on as the Rate Fairs and Residents Association. Um, so there's uh, the regional district at my recommendation funded a little bit of money to Climate Hope, which is a super new organization that Karen Mahan is helping to run. And she's really identified three pillars of resistance, uh, sorry, resilience. One being the interpersonal. How do we not flip out into fear and chaos? And how do we stay stable as individuals? And so there's a bunch of work. That's really her passion. And so there's, a, there's some circles emerging around how to lead, lean into wisdom and how to you know, lean back from fear. And so if we collectively, at an individual level, can do that, fantastic. There's then the physical preparedness that are you burying lentils in the ground? Are you getting solar systems set up? Are you, uh, what are we doing community-wise for, for transportation or for energy or for skill sharing or all of those sort of physical systems stuff? And then the third, which I'm, I'm very interested in both of those and I'm helping to support circles in both of those, but in this role that I currently occupy, it's the, it's the community system stuff. So how do we as a community come together and build greater cohesion um, decision-making capacities, communication structures. And so we don't, have, we don't have that. And I don't know what it looks like, but we don't have the hub that's in the middle of that. We don't have the hub that's in the middle of community resilience planning. We don't have the hub that uh, advocates, that tells me what to do, or that tells highways to build paths, or whatever it is. We don't... So much of it's left to me, and it's, it's a system that just doesn't, doesn't sustain. So um, 
Roy did a little article recently on um, a town hall sort of structure in Vermont that perhaps some of you have read and seen. So it's a 200-year-old tradition of the town gathering every year for a full day. Now there's lots of reasons why it's not a great model, but it, it works to some degree. And so the whole town, or how many people want to come out, come out and spend the day and pass the budget. It's, it's like, you know, they have a mayor and council equivalent, but everyone's welcome for the full day to make some of the really hefty decisions, land acquisition, various things. And then they elect people at that meeting, so it's not a ballot thing, they're just standing votes. And then those people go off for a couple of years and, you know, run the day-to-day -day affairs. Um, the, the Hornby model I trust you read mostly about, we can talk about that. So I just want to share just a couple of other things that are happening on the island that this is in context of, and then really the rest of the meeting is, is yours. Um, I'm helping to seed an, an inter-island gathering in May. It looks like it's the weekend of 8th, 9th, 10th of May. Uh, between, it looks like, Laskiti, Hornby, Quadra, Gabriola maybe, Maine, Salt Spring of people who are interested in exactly this conversation. How do we come together in, as community and build community structures around resilience? Um, if we want to host it on Cortez, I'm going to need a little bit of help with some logistics and billeting and stuff, because there's no budget for any of it. It might be on another island, so if you have some energy for that, let me know. But I'm beginning to sort of build alliances between islands around some of this stuff, so we can be sharing what's up in different places. Um, so there's, there's a bunch of different larger resilience. There's a group that's beginning to meet around physical resilience preparedness planning under the, the umbrella of Climate Hope. There's some parenting workshops that have been happening will carry on around how do you parent in the climate era? Do you have kids? Don't you? Um, there's a, a group that's forming around food and there's going to be a gathering here at the hall mid-March, mid the 19th, I don't remember exactly the date, where there'll be a meal hosted for the community that's 100% Cortez food, and then seeding some of, sharing a little bit of what's been happening with all of these different efforts. There's um, a book study that starts in a couple of days that I'm helping to, to run, which is really trying to lean into the, the intuitive space, the, the unknown, which is not the random, which is absolutely how the so the larger other than human communicates, and if we can start building a little bit of language in the community and, and, and sinking into what's happening, really, at an energetic level, what's afoot here. Uh, so some people are interested in that. There's some plant medicine workshops that are happening. Um, there's, yeah, there's a few other things. So they will, those pieces will start to solidify this spring, and over the course of the spring, there will be some community gatherings to invite people into those different spaces. And so what I see this community council, one of the main reasons that it could live is to be that knitting, that, that communication between all of those um, efforts, all of these efforts, advocacy to outside. There's, there are lots of roles that it could play, but we don't have any supporting legislation to make this work. Um, and so to be it, all cards on the desk, I have reached out to the Minister of Community um, to say, hey, is there any, any appetite in creating a non-municipal municipal equivalent in the Local Government Act. Something where communities who aren't a municipality could organize and have some legislative support to have a council kind of thing. Um, there's not interest right now in the first term of the NDP, but our MLA, Claire Trevena, and I don't know if I'm going to say it anyway, um, she's really keen on this notion. Should we bring in a few more chairs? Yeah. Um, 
And she would really love to find a way of bringing the minister into this conversation. But the minister won't just come and meet with me, the minister of the community. The minister needs to come and meet with some larger initiative. Perhaps out of some of this, those conversations can come. If we weren't in the middle of the climate era, I would be putting a lot more attention on that. I don't know that we have time, really, to be changing legislation at the provincial level. But at least putting some energy into that, add some legitimacy, connects us to other places. But even in the absence of that kind of legislation, what could we be imagining as a community structure here? So I want to leave you with some of the questions uh, that I wrote in the beginning of the flyer that, that some of you have. And then really the, the rest of the time. Come There's on in, chairs come in. over here. And we can bring in more chairs. We can. Uh, I'm just going to say a few more words and then we're going to shift it up and hand it over to the room. No, please, thank you for coming. So what I, what I say in the opening here, I've yearned for Cortez Community Council, something that pulls from the old great pairs association days and adds to it our best thinking about democratic structures. So I'm not suggesting in any way that we go back and create any, any old model, but there was a lot of value from that getting together on a regular basis. Let's organize locally to build community council to create a space to talk about what most matters in these rapidly changing times. A place to listen together. And I, I keep getting from the sort of wise ones in this community, like there's so much listening that needs to happen to each other, to land, to place, to you know, what is emerging. What is being called for is a different way of organizing ourselves, a way that is not about one in the elected representative. I would, I'm not doing this again. This is my last two and a half years in this. And I would like whoever is in this role to have a little bit less weight on their shoulders and have a bit more support from the community um, to take to the district so that that voice is less easily marginalized and that there's a group of people who can do a, a whole lot of the things that are is on my shoulders that I can't do. Um, in more than any representative person, party, or thinking. So how can we, so here's the questions. How can we create a new way of governing ourselves? What would council do? I've seeded some of those ideas, but what would council do? So on Hornby, the Rate Pairs and Residents Association is essentially the contractor for regional district services. 95% of what they do is they deliver regional district services. So like Foci has a bunch of the parks contract, it's the Residents Association. Like Brian Feifel holds the recycling contract, there is the Residents Association. They have the contract for the, the, um, the, the fire department actually comes through them, the recreation services. So all of the tax delivery stuff is through the rate pairs. Now I think they could do a whole lot more. All the innovative idea generation stuff comes out of other organizations, but that could be part of what council could imagine itself. But what else could it do? Who would it be? Like physically, people. Would it be an elected body at an AGM? Would it be an elected body you know, in a ballot process that was available to anybody, like in a civic election, anybody who was off-island, who was a property owner? Um, would it be just anybody that was elected, or would there be some appointed people? Would, it, would there be a spot for the regional director, or the CLAHOOS chief, or the fire chief, or representatives from the nonprofit sector, or like... Physically, what would be the positions on that council? Uh, how would it be formed? Would it be through an election? Would, I mean, I'm not going to appoint them. How, how else would we, we come about that? Uh, how do we get from here to that moment of having an elected council selected? Like how, how do we get a group of, I, I finish by saying, I imagine there being a group of people who dedicate themselves for some period of time 
up to a year to really investigate, look at other models, engage the community, and ultimately recommend a model. Now, how does that group get formed? I don't want to appoint the group because, you know, then it's my henchmen. So is that an elected body or how does that even interim piece come to be? How can we take the old wisdom, weave new knowing, new ways of acting, thinking to better prepare for our future? Um, what new version could arise? So that's really... Uh, so I'm, I am totally dedicated to helping to seed and steward in any way that I can, or I can leave. Like, truly, if it adds legitimacy to this thing to not have it be my baby, I'm happy to not come back. But you tell me, like, what, is this an idea worth pursuing? It seems like most of you in the room are here because you're genuinely interested in that. So if that's something that we want to do, how do we get from here to there? And the, the, I'll end by saying that the chair of the regional district board is very interested in this and wanted, because we've got some governance as part of our strategic planning stuff, was interested in me bringing this to the district to begin with and having the district lead this conversation. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not doing that. However, however, at some point, I would recommend that if this is if this is growing, that at some point this liaise with the district so it doesn't feel completely ostracized. Because there's no point in if one of your main efforts, and it doesn't have to be at all, is to be a liaise with the district, you don't want to get so far ahead that they feel like you know, you're, you know what I mean. So at some point, there might be some value in giving them a presentation, inviting somebody over, but absolutely, I say not at the beginning, or they would have been here and they're not. You're so already pretty on me. <laughs> My first question to the group is, who's got the role of green tape? Oh, 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 <laughs> I did. No, I don't. I brought it. Is it on the table? Uh, yes. <laughs> and do we... Photograph of what I took of the Hornbeak Island Residents and Daycares Association Guide to the Etiquette of Insects. Um, I don't imagine you probably need it for today, you're all pretty morally uh, bunch. But they, they said, take a photo of that and take it home. Because when they brought this guide to etiquette into their meetings, it went from a really unruly kind of discussion to something that was really proactive and positive, literally just with that. So, However we go forward, even in the interim creation or the long term, some version of that I would suggest. Yeah, I will sit down. I could go on. Oh, I, 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 I would rather you didn't sit down because I'd oh. like to know more about that ratepayers association. How many people are in it? Sure. Were they elected? Sure. Um, no, go. Oh. Uh, so they don't actually know when it started. They've got documentation back to the 30s, but it could have been earlier. Ratepayers associations were very common in the province before the regional district system was created. And we had one here on Cortez, Bruce was part of it. Um, and they were a group that liaised directly with the province around all kinds of things. Uh, Bruce can speak to that far better than I. So when most of them dissolved in the 70s, 80s, early 90s, Hornby's carried on and they added residents to the name. So anybody who is a resident or a property owner has free lifetime membership. Uh, you don't need to show up at an AGM, you're just automatically a member if you've, if you've been there. And so if you're a property owner, it doesn't matter where your citizenship is, doesn't matter where you live, you're, you're allowed. So it's more permissive than the, the civic elections. 
they have an one annual general meeting at which they elect a four-person executive and about 60 other volunteers who sit on a whole number of committees. Parks, Privy Council, they have a series of outhouses, but there's a <laughs> Privy Council <laughs> committee, uh, Parks Committee, Recreation Committee, Fire Department Committee, uh, Recycle Free Store Committee, uh, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of committees. The Fall Fair Committee, the da da da. Uh, so at that meeting they, they elect 60 some people, all of whom are volunteer for, I don't know, presumably a year, maybe their multiple year positions, and then they have monthly open meetings where anybody is welcome to attend, to where they share updates on what's happening. Um, when I was there, I gave a bit of a presentation about what we're doing in Cortez. The elected rep came both from the regional district and the uh, Islands Trust came and gave a bit of an update. Uh, Ferry Advisory Committee came and gave a bit of an update. There was an update on something that was happening in the parks that they wanted some input on. Uh, they pass their budget in that, in that open way every year. So it's, it is mostly, as I say, a regional district delivery agent. But if you ask the uninformed person on the street in Hornby, I've been told, what's the local government? They'll say it's Hira. And my equivalent on Hornby says his job is super easy because he just listens to what Hira tells him to do. Um, do they have a good relationship with the regional district to answer to? So I've not asked the regional district that question. Now this is the Comox Valley Regional District that they deal with. So I haven't asked the district that, but from their perspective, absolutely. Absolutely. Because the biggest thing it seems to me that this would offer <coughs> is to pre-process yeah. opinions on Cortez yeah. so that we have an actual accurate yeah. feel about how the majority feels. Because yeah. right now you can have five people completely impress the regional district yeah. in the opposite direction. Yeah. And so an example of that, just super briefly, just a couple days ago I was at a district meeting and one Cortez resident wrote in with a letter, it's all public, so John Drew wrote in with a letter that was pretty anti-climate change perspective, totally fair. Uh, and then a number of people called my colleague, Gerald Wally, and said, you know, no more tax dollars spent on climate change work on Cortez. And so his position now is never any more tax dollars on climate change on Cortez because he got half a dozen phone calls. So that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he was very upfront about it. As long as we're here. Yes, Andy. My, my following up on what Rick said, Good. my question is those what to my mind are negative attitudes, how, how does this group envisage including them in our thinking? Because it seems it like must. there's a collectivity here it that must. is of a different mindset. It must include them, otherwise it will fail before it starts. Yeah. It must. Yeah. We've got to allow every voice, every idea, including I imagine there, some people want to get rid of grants and aids. Sure. That has to go on the table. Sure. Everything. Sure and uh, just work it out. But I really invite you to think of it not as primarily coupled with the district. That can be one of the things it does, but if the district falls into the ocean, it could still be a valuable body. Yes, Sonia? So I haven't figured out how we're going to do this yet, but I just to respond to the Hornby Island... Um, Let's just keep going. Era, the also, they, they work together with the... Maybe no one can explain that a bit, with the economic... Um, the economic, Hornby economics, something, something, is another yeah. 1500. I, I see. <laughs> I see. And it's very interesting because there still is grants and aids. Comes out of the Comics Valley District. 
as that block of money and the thing still comes so we're not talking about they didn't I don't know what we're going to talk about but they didn't they didn't change all of that it's it still could come in pieces but they're still a part of the community yeah. the ratepayers were still a part of making those decisions of where that chunk of money would go so it's not right okay. doesn't mean that all that falls apart sure Bruce? just about a bit of background history as to how we got into this dysfunctional phase of the Cortez uh, and regionalistic uh, relationship that we're in now. And that goes back to um, when the regional district was first established, it was Comox Valley and the Strathcona Regional District, a much larger area. And we also at that time had a very um, influential representative reflecting the ratepayers and the island's wishes to have decisions on Cortez specifically focused on Cortez. So that's how we ended up being a little, a tiny little regional area within the regional district level of government because of that connection, yeah. personal <laughs> connection we had with Dan Campbell, who was the Minister of Municipal Affairs, who brought the regional district concept into, the, into being. That worked fairly well for quite a long time until, because, probably because of the simplicity of things in the good old days when things were simpler, as we all know. Um, until the ratepayers ran up against a uh, development of, at the south end of Cortez by Raven Lumber, who'd bought a bunch of land on Cortez and logged it and wanted to subdivide it, and that was contrary to our community settlement plan. Uh, we ended up taking both Ra Raven and the regional district board, who supported them, uh, to court in the very early 80s, and the community won, saying that they could not subdivide a strata development along the coast there, they had to comply with the 10-acre minimum lot size that was established on that piece of land. We won the appeal a, a year later, only to find out about 10 days after we left the courtroom in Victoria that the cabinet had passed an order in council saying they did not have to comply with settlement plan requirements. They only had to comply with uh, subdivision control bylaws, which, because it was such a new concept, this whole strata land development, density averaging. Our bylaws had not been mentioning or even updated to include strata development, put any controls on that. So we were dead in the water. The ratepayers had put a lot of time and energy into raising the money to fight this legal battle for the two times around, and it just took the stuffings right out of the ratepayers. Concurrently at that time, the regional district um, was functioning fairly successfully with the representatives that we had, partly because the overall representatives at the regional district were all making decisions on planning and subdivision control bylaws and so on for all the areas in the, in the regional area. Subsequently, the municipalities decided that since they did not have any influence outside of their municipal boundaries, they were not going to put any money into the planning that was necessary for the unorganized or regional areas in the regional district. So they withdrew from that and left the decision making for what was going on in the, in the rural areas to a much smaller group of people, which now is filtered down to four representatives, mm -hmm. which has turned out in the last five years or more to be quite dysfunctional, as we all are well aware of. So that's the bit of a history background to it for your elucidation. I think there's a good chance to have a, 
a council of some nature developed on Cortez that, that is elected by the, by the community, openly elected, that will reflect probably in a much better way, in a more um, apparent way, the, the will of the community than having a regional district representative appoint people, which always flies a bit under the cloud of is she just, or he just appointing people that they like, you know, and not including other So if it's done by open meetings in the community, I think that makes it much more valid mm -hmm. as to who is, who is representing the community, even if it's done either directly with the regional district or through the regional representative. So that's what I would like to suggest we do. Well, what is the it, even if it is done directly, what is the it in that sentence? The election, I presume. Is that what you're talking about? The elected group, whatever the, yeah. it might constitute, yeah. dealing directly, perhaps like Hornby does, with through a contract with the regional district, and uh, having that have a legal relationship with them, something like that. So what I'm hearing, just to review quickly, and, and we don't have, um, I agree with Sonia, we don't actually have, here's how this is going to unfold, and in some fairly profound ways that feels right to me. Mm -hmm. There isn't an agenda up here we're working through. Mm -hmm. It belongs to this discussion and this energy. Um, what to do? Just in your quick comments, it felt like three really significant points were made, that it's an opportunity to pre-process all manner of issues and, and situations on Cortez. Allow every voice, such a strong reaction from everyone. It's like, that has to happen or mm -hmm. yeah. never mind. Right. And this may be in a very oddly important and good way is helping create this momentum that's in this room right now, this place where we have to come together in some way. Um, and maintaining layers of relationship, and I'm hearing a number of those, whether it's with other islands, other government structures, um, layers of legislation, whatever it is, there's a kind of maintaining of these layers. We can't just go off and go, it's just us, never mind everybody else. All of a sudden, and I'm wondering if there's more for me to write down here, I'm just going to try and jumble notes, and at one point they will get sent back out, I'm sure, um, is that in terms of who? An open election by the community, that this is not a top-down structure we're talking about, but something that grows out. I have Andy and then maybe like, Doug. I'd like to pick up on the point that was made about, about uh, who does the election on, on, Horn, on Hornby. Mm -hmm. uh, that is to say, anyone who lives here, anyone who owns property here, regardless of citizenship. Right. And I think that's a good basic principle to go by, and I'd like to see that written down up there. Okay. Yeah. And, it's, and it's free there. It's free, lifetime, never need to renew. But I wanted to follow up on that, because if it's lifetime, does that mean anyone who ever has owned property on Hornby is still no, a lifetime? No, no, no. So as soon as you... Stop being a Hornby citizen. I think lives is the you have to actually be on. You have site, to have right? lived there for three or six months so it's or something. In and terms of your lifetime on Hornby. Lives yeah, you never need to come and renew your membership. Okay. Uh, could, could we get or owns? Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and then I had um, Doug. Sure. I don't really know where this fits in. That's the problem. 
but it's just something that um, it's difficult to explain. I think, as you brilliantly summed up at the beginning, you know, we're at a place where we really don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. Mm -hmm. People have these projections. Mm -hmm. There's this and there's that, and everybody. We're in this binary place where it just creates argument. Mm -hmm. And what I am thrilled about, because I know I agree, the unknown is trauma, mm -hmm. but it's also adventure. Yeah. Like it's also yeah. possibility. Yeah. It's also humanity can kick some ass finally and do yeah. something right. Yeah. And and I'm really happy to be here because mm -hmm. I think it it should be known in this whole construct of what we're doing that we don't know. And that we always keep an eye on that we don't know. And we we keep an eye on the um, was it Einstein that said, you know, the consciousness that developed this problem can't fix it. Mm -hmm. So right. that if we can mm -hmm. ride that wave, and this is what I love about a small community, this is what I love about this community, and that's why I'm still here. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I've been going through some stuff, and, and mm -hmm. um, somehow I'd like to get that in the, yeah. the structure, that, yeah. that, that it's, I'm with Bruce that it's really positive right now. Because I, I see complete possible change, yeah. and uh, I yeah. people like us are the ones to do it. This is how it can happen. That's all. Okay. Your name is Tamius. Tamius, and and then Roy. And Tammy yes. had his hand up. And he. Okay, everybody. I gotta have to make sure. <laughs> Not a problem. I could probably keep a speaker's list if you want to do the writing. Okay. Tamius, and then a group of people who are going to sort out who's next. Tamius, Roy, and D. If you could just write, list some that up for Doug, maybe just by Absolutely. Um, I've heard that there's this opportunity to be positive, to be in front of. To not know. To not know and be it's okay really with that. that. We know we don't know. That we're creating something entirely new right now. Because this has never happened on this planet. And part of what I wrote was, how do we lean into new ways of knowing? Show up. Because the old ways of knowing have got us into the predicament Great. we're in. Well done. So how do we take that linear rational space, that scientific mind, and yep. plant it back in some... I think non-binary thinking, of hitting against you know believers, non-believers, this whole fundamental idea of that, that goal. Okay, but Temis, Roy, Andy, D, and Basil, have I missed anyone? I caught the phrase, yeah. you really, it's just show up, right? You showed up today, that's what we're trying to do. And we will figure it out. I think part of the thinking that got us into a predicament is telling people that they're not people until they graduate from high school or turn 19 or 21 or 16 or whatever. And I would like to see this membership extended to anyone who self-identifies as an adult mm -hmm. and can understand the organizational structure in a basic way, regardless of their calendar age. Hmm. I like that. Wow. Yeah, there should be no age limit. I think the elect electorate can judge, should be able to judge who is the appropriate Interesting. candidate. Interesting. For voters. It'll be in the hand of the voters then to, to determine so that there is no what age limit. Anybody can run for that position. And anyone can vote. Yes. Is what I was Ah, I see. Right. That's, that's the yes. other side of that equation. Interesting. Thank you for pointing well, that out. Roy. And then Grandpa got you. Two yeah, things. We got you Roy. I really liked it when you, uh, I think it was Nova, and your thing where you said six months in renting 
and uh, you can uh, vote. And the other thing is I would really like to see something like a town meeting or an AGM day where the big things can all be talked about. Yeah. Everybody can bring whatever and uh, all of, just that component in it. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm going to run out mm -hmm. of room. And I would add to that, given that we don't all live here in the sedentary way that we did in the 30s, there needs to be also the flexibility for people who aren't physically here that day to somehow partake. Maybe by mail? By mail, by video, by phone, by whatever. Um, yeah, uh, Andy. Okay, um, I want to go back to this map on the wall because I was at that, that meeting. The little circle yeah. map? Yeah, the okay. circle map. What struck me about that is there's a lot of people with fairly, fairly restricted or I want, don't want to say narrow, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, <laughs> passions that um, translate into a willingness to volunteer in a certain way. I think what we're moving towards is a bigger picture approach. And I don't see um, as yet a, a great willingness on the part of quite a sizable part of this community to make that shift. I think we are, in some ways, we are kind of mired in in our old ways and in 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 our thinking. And as an example, I I like to point to the Whaletown Manson split. You know, it's like try to resolve that one. It's it's almost like I mean pulling the worst kind of teeth. You know, I so I just want to point out that I, I think it's going to be a mistake to minimize the, the hurdles in terms of mindset that we face in, in going down this road. This is a big, big thing that we're trying to do here. And I think one of, the, one of the messages I would like to put out is, especially to my generation, is relax. Let it happen. You know? <laughs> Let it happen. Don't stay stuck in your old ways. Be, be flexible, you know? Because it's going to demand that. So anyway, that's my piece. What to do? Be flexible. Okay. And Basil, and then one again later. You go ahead, Dee. Oh, um, I was just going to go sort of rewind back to the beginning and say that um, the original document about Cortez Council, the word council struck a funny note for me, which may be completely idiosyncratic, or maybe other people have the same feeling because. When I hear council, I think chief and council. I think the king and his councillors. I think council is an advisory or ancillary body to the real power that really makes the decisions. And so I'm drawn also to the old East Coast town hall model where the body that really makes the decisions is the people. And the select member councillors or town manager or whatever is an employee of that body mm -hmm. and does what it's told mm -hmm. and implements those decisions instead of making those decisions on behalf of the people. Mm -hmm. And I think this community is small enough that it is actually feasible mm -hmm. to consider direct democracy mm -hmm. and yes. actually mm -hmm. resolving those issues with regular face-to-face -face meetings. And I want to at least explore that because I know a thousand people is on the edge mm -hmm. of how well you can do that, but I think it's really worth exploring. There is so much dysfunction in having to petition a remote body to make decisions 
or even to petition an elected body of four or five people to make decisions, instead of simply hashing it out right now, even if we have to lock the doors and nobody leaves until 9 p.m. Um, yeah. Because you can't rewrite that. You can't change the count of the plans or deny the moves of Rome at that time. I love that. It's about direct town Direct democracy. So then I would come back to what, what does what does this council do? What is its core functioning? What role does it play? Because if it thinks that it's going to pass the regional district budget, good well, luck, right? <laughs> so it needs to find other things beyond the regional district link to actually have at its core to then be able to influence the district and other bodies. Well, my mind is leaping ahead to the day that Claire Tribune's case is Great, great. Or, or the day that governments truly have a hard time working at all. Um, Basil. I think this is tremendously exciting. I think we've actually made the first step forward. Listening just to people around the room, I think that there's this sense that Doug summarized nicely that we don't really know what's ahead, but we all have this feeling that something is changing mm -hmm. in a big way. Mm -hmm. And I think that listening to the consensus here, it sounds like we've actually already moved past a consensus that we need this community council, or whatever we're going to call it. And a good number of the things that are up in that piece of paper are, how are we going to elect this council? And so I, I think that we're actually at a point in this meeting at about halfway through now where we have a consensus, and now we're talking about how do we do it? There's a million questions. Nova summarized some excellent things we don't know. But I think the greater good here is let's make some forward progress. Let's start thinking about having the election. Let's get the first council started. They'll, we'll still be asking questions five years from now. But I think a lot of us have the sense that this isn't the time that we can spend too much time, yeah. as Andy said, doing the navel gazing or wondering. I think it's time for us to move forward. And I think we're ready. Th this room might be. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've got uh, Grant, Rick, Roy, and then yourself. Yep. So, uh, Grant? Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to ask you a question about the, the, stru the structural question that you just alluded to, which is um, who's going to be allowed to sit on this council? Are they going to be elected? Okay, that's great. Um, who's qualified to elect those people? Uh, okay, you're saying anybody who's a resident here? Who owns property? Well, it's up. It's up to us. Okay. Well, I'm just yep. I'm just putting this out there. Just okay. So, who's allowed to be included, or who's allowed to vote on that matter? I mean, if you live here, if you're a property owner, that's one thing. If you're not a property owner, that's another thing. But should that matter? I mean, should that be a, a difference between this person or that? Um, uh, what about people who don't live here year-round? What about people who have a summer place here? There's an awful lot. What about the people that live here year-round, but they're only here half of the year because they're, they're spending half the year in the sunshine, which is their prerogative? Um, are they going to be involved in this community matter or not? Uh, you know, these are all questions in my mind about qualification. Uh, again, there was a comment made about appointing the, like the old APC, which was appointed, and da 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 da. So then it has the appearance of being, or maybe the reality of being, very clubbish. 
And so some are included, some are excluded. And that, that's a powerful feeling that has in, in many, many ways divided this community. So that, those are all the, the resonances that come to my mind here. And, and so who's, who's to be included and how? Hang on. Good. It I'm writing right those down. <laughs> Anyone who lives oh. on the island owns property, not limited to Canadian citizens. It says it right there. Well, that that's one that's one yeah, proposal. That's, that's, yeah. that, that excludes a whole bunch of people. So, so absolutely, that's a question that needs to be answered, and so we're going to speakers list. We'll go through. Yeah. Yeah, and, let's keep going with this. And, and what I would, what my personal goal is at the end of this, if we could have some idea of what's next. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to be in the driver's seat forever. Um, so we've got uh, Rick and then Roy and then you talk. Yeah, I just had a question about the Hornby organization. Yep. When they have a contentious issue, do they tough it out for consensus or do they take a vote and majority expresses its will? M my so. belief and or assumption was that it was majority. I don't know for sure. I've, I've been a part of several consensus-based organizations, and it's thrilling, but it requires tons of time yeah. and a baseline mm -hmm. respect for the rule of the opinion of yeah. the group. Mm -hmm. So and that people everyone. are willing to let go of their gripe and be part of the larger collective. So I just... Uh, was curious as to how they handled it there because that, feels that like would be very hard. Significant decision to make because I also have been part of both consensus and majority uh, organizations. And yeah, you do shut the door, and six hours later, you have to move work it out somehow. It can Imagine happen. that at a community level. But the more, the more homogenous the group is, the easier it is yeah. to come to consensus. So if you are including everyone that has a state, basically, in Cortez and in living here, um, it might be quite hard to come to consensus on certain development issues. Oh, just about. In which case, people have to respect here, here. the majority opinion, just like they do in an election. Sometimes. Oh, I'm just trying to track it up here. So next, uh, so we had, uh, Rick was finished, Roy was next. I've got, yeah. I just wanted to respond to a couple of things. Um, one, I don't think we're at the stage where we can talk think of elections. I think we are an advisory body, and we're not, when we get bigger, we can talk about a council. But right now, it should be just throw the door open, and anybody comes in until we get that large. And I think that also answers your question about um, how you put it, including others. I think that we can just open the door, say, come on in. And if they don't come in, that's their decision. But in the meantime, just they're welcome. So, sort of like begin. Don't wait for consensus of the whole island. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, Yeah, so um, it just sounds like there's uh, some principles that people would like uh, that are popping up now. 
And just in terms of where to go next, it just seems like there should be an advisory or steering committee, a group of people, probably like all these people that, all of us who've shown up here have an interest in actually getting this off the ground. So um, looking at various models. So I don't know if there's uh, other ones besides Hornby. Um, but basically, um, basically um, researching what those models are, um, including all the questions that people are asking, um, and uh, and then turning it back um, to the to the community um, to begin to move towards a model that then we can embrace. Um, so. Uh, <clears throat> So, because it, of course there's going to be a fair amount of work um, after this meeting ends to actually try and hash out what those what a working model is going to look like and how you actually like you can always say we're open we're open, but that's not actually how you include people. Um, you actually have to for people that are on the edges who have either been systematically marginalized or the ones that stand at the sidelines. It's important to actually go and get them to bring them in because the only way that this is going to work is if it has full legitimacy and credibility. So it means actually that there's probably going to be extra effort made to, mm -hmm. to include people that mm -hmm. don't want to be here or might actually like want to resist something like this. So that of course is challenging, but it's, it uh, will, will probably have to be addressed in some way. Mm -hmm. Thank you, uh, Lisa. I was thinking about on the same lines, how do you keep um, the people that aren't in the room in the process and how to make it inclusive um, with modern technology? There's a lot of things that could be done. A lot of people are willing to, you know, maybe post on an online forum, not show up at a meeting. Um, maybe the meetings could be recorded, broadcast, so that anyone that doesn't show up has an opportunity to also engage. Um, and then, you know, also down the road when it, something is functional to have a lot of opportunities for referendums so that you have everybody's voice even if you don't make a decision based on, you know, consensus in that case it might not be too easy, but to, you know, make people feel like they have a chance to have a say. Let me know if I am not somehow catching at least the spirit of what you've said, if not the exact words, and I'll figure out some other way to get it up here. So under how to include everyone, you're talking about to record, to broadcast, but anyway, keep going. Uh, Elizabeth, say we get there, how do we hold a, an election? They're so expensive to do them, you know, so that they're proper. And, and we're, we're, we don't have the government behind us to, to finance that. So I'm just wondering, what is, how do you do that? So everybody accepts the results. Uh, there, there certainly, I'm not gonna answer that, but there certainly are ways. Uh, but super, super important to, to get to. Um, I'm going to go with some first-time speakers before I get back to some second-time speakers. Uh, so I've got um, Fred. Oh, great. Um, well, uh, I've been thinking a lot about uh, that if one was to volunteer, uh, volunteer to, say, 
stand in a position where you're um, reflecting the will of the group or the community, uh, there's quite a bit of a commitment or a, a, like a, a responsibility, I think, to volunteer, just like you volunteered to elect yourself to be elected to work in uh, a decision-making place that, you know, um, so if one was to say volunteer to, uh, you know, stand in a position of responsibility in decision-making process with another group, with a group of people, uh, that that's um, uh, kind of a big thing. And I think like if, if our community is putting people forward to represent the will of the people type of thing, intelligent stuff comes up. And a lot of people in our community have particularly good skill sets. There are a lot of people who will stand for the responsibility of actually doing the will of a group who would be the community. And to be have that openness, the group is going to be the people who show up. And the group of people showing up uh, are going to put their best foot forward. Uh, intelligently, it's a natural thing to do, and some of those intelligent things would be certain people within our community to stand in a position of responsibility and commitment to the intelligence and the will of the group, and that plays out quite naturally uh, given the space. So, um, a look, like I guess what I'm trying to say is like if somebody wanted to stand in the community and really sort of process uh, uh, a new form, a new way of being, there's a lot of responsibility in that position. So maybe that person uh, does have background in, um, but we all agree that people standing in those places of responsibility have some training, some, some non-violent communication skills, some, uh, uh, they're well known in the community that they're uh, putting their, you know, selves forward to 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 you know represent a group of people uh, and do put the best foot forward. So they may end up being in a decision-making process in a in a in, a, in an event. Uh, but you know, you want to have the people. So you, so our community can put people forward naturally by sort of electing people who are voluntarily showing up to kind of do some hard work to have a community cohesive voice. Mm -hmm. To have a cohesive voice, you need a group of people that reflect, but you can't have a cohesive voice if there's several thousand people. It kind of gets distilled down, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really liked what he talked about, that direct form of democracy and getting to that place where your best foot forward has been through di direct democracy and that they're skilled up for it and they're up for the job, and they're committed, you know, for a duration of time. And then, you know, people can start to feel more relaxed at stepping up for these roles as we yeah. form them. I think I really wanted uh, to just underline and catch in the whole comment, but you, you made the comment, what training? And I think that's a wonderful opportunity, back to what Doug said, what Andy was said, about thinking outside the box, as well as inside the box, is that what kinds of things facilitate, promote, um, shape without the notion of credential. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, I, yeah, I really wanted to catch that. You have. Um, sorry, I don't remember your name. George. 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 Thank you. <coughs> oh, I, I just wanted to. Uh, I should add to a comment that was made about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I can find it somewhere. Uh, I, I have a feeling, you know, I think it might be shared by some people, is that we're running too quickly towards uh, setting up a structure without spending a lot of time talking about what it would do, mm -hmm. what kind of legal entity it needs to be in order mm -hmm. to do those things. And, uh, I have, you know, I've, I've, over the years I've had some experience in dealing with, you know, the, there's many examples that we can look at of this kind of thing. Most improvement districts in the province actually have some kind of committee that's put together, or there's a society, and it does things like it runs the water system. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a regional district. Or the fire department. Yeah, or, or the water. fire department. There's a whole bunch of things that they do. That, you know, and, uh, and uh, to receive money from senior levels of government for various things that they want to do, infrastructure and stuff like that, mm -hmm. all they have to do is be a legal entity mm -hmm. and be somehow able to convince the senior level of government that what they're asking for the money for mm -hmm. is supported by all of the people in the community. So that's, if you're going to do mm -hmm. things, we should be talking maybe more about what do we want to do? Mm -hmm that we can't do now, or maybe we're not, what we're doing now, we're not doing it very well. Like maybe some of these groups that we have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, running these various things that they're specializing, are not integrating very well, and they're not really adding to it. But anyway, so that was what, and I just thought we were getting way ahead of where we were supposed to be going. And then, one of, two places that I've had experience with, both of them being unorganized communities, uh, wrestled for a long time with uh, who, who's eligible, like uh, who's, uh -huh. who can participate in this thing. And uh, both of them reached the same conclusion. One of them was in the Columbia Valley, and the other one was on Vancouver Island. And uh, they said the only way we can make this really simple, and the one in Invermere, or near Invermere, I have to say, Three quarters of the property owners didn't live in British Columbia. They lived in, actually lived in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And they didn't, you know, they would have been the, the tail that was wagging the dock uh, if they had, you know, sort of everybody was included the way you're proposing. So they had, had to figure out a way of how they could uh, deal with that. And so they decided, by coincidence, the same as the community on uh, Vancouver Island, that you have, what is the address on your driver's license? <coughs> if you have an ad, a Cortez Island on your driver's license, then you're a bona fide resident. Doesn't matter what citizenship you are, you don't have to be a citizen to get a driver's license. You can be you know, a landed immigrant or a permanent resident or anything like that. Or a field box. Yeah, but what is the, the address on your driver's license? And that was where both of those communities decided that that was the only workable. Okay. Where they could do it to avoid the problem of non-residents with different priorities. In other words, in this particular instance, really keen on developing their properties. Mm -hmm. Then we coming forward with all these you know, ideas and proposals and stuff. And this was the only entity that could do stuff like this. And we're not going to solve any of this stuff today, so don't no, no, worry about the debate. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like I thought we should just... Okay. 
the first step would be to look at how this has happened elsewhere. Yeah, I think we that one over on the number one list on, well, the, on the wall. Yeah, I think that we have here. This is this is part of number one, the steering committee. The just just echoing what Georgia said to research models, how to fit that to Cortez, and certainly how to include people would be part of how to fit it to Cortez. I'm also really aware that this kind of initial deeper conversation would have to address your very first question which is well what would they do what do you want to do yeah. yeah what do we want to do i think has to come from this kind of general discussion to this kind of um collection for the larger community to look at based on models out there that are working the situation we're with at the moment which is not particularly working the history of Cortez and the various aspects of competition and coordination among residents. So I think we are describing that question, what would we do? But as Noba just said, I don't think it's going to get answered today. Mm -hmm. More. Just one thing I'm thinking is with the driver's license thing, I mean, a lot of people don't drive. Yeah. So <laughs> that excludes a whole lot of people who might be medically can't drive because they're not allowed to have a driver's license or too young to drive. But so I think that would exclude probably a whole lot of people who should really have to say. Sure. But that's neither here nor there. I think it's still a good idea. It is a good idea. <laughs> what I like is that uh, we've discussed two models uh, predominantly tonight, I think, was the town hall model and the ratepayers association. I see a marrying of the two as almost probably the best solution for us is where you have an elected council whose job is not to make decisions, but is to gather consensus. And then you have the town hall to create the consensus, and then this elected body, their task, they're the go-between tasks. So it's basically a combination of the, the ratepayers the elected body of the Ratepayers Association mm -hmm. is not elected to make decisions. They're, we elect people who we feel will be responsible at gauging the community and sometimes, you know, for the bigger issues that will require formal town hall, you know, and then in other cases, they have to sense the, the energy of the community and in that sense they are making decisions, but they're not making them based on their own agendas, but based on what their true best feeling is of what the community wants. But it's kind of a married marriage of the two systems. You're having a direct democracy, but you physically need to then take those decisions and you know manifest the actions. So I am I not seeing something or is there a possibility of marrying these two systems and maybe not going completely the Hornby Island wagon? I don't know how it's done there. And and I expect there's some other wisdom that we can add yeah. to it that we don't know yet as well. Absolutely. Uh, okay, we've got um, Till, yeah. I've got Till, and then Jen, and then Helen, and then I've got some second time speakers again, Basil, Tamius, Roy, and Andy. And if your name isn't there and you thought that I had caught your attention, please let me know. Okay. Or let yeah. us know if somebody else has already um, shared your view. I promised myself not to say anything since I'm used, but I'm very irritated with the way the debate goes because the question of who votes is the most essential question. A ratepayers organization is by no means a democratic structure. It's a feudal system responsible for inequality, 
it divides life into according to money and possession. So, which creates it, which makes it a fascist piece. Whereas a residential organization is about direct basic democracy. And I think this decision, I wouldn't sign the list, for example, unless I know the answer to, to, this, to this question, because the one organization I would campaign against strongly with a passion, because I don't like fascism, the other I would support with a passion. So the question of who votes is, in my opinion, not about detail, not about practicalities, but who do we want to be in the year 2020? Yeah. Do we want to be the target of a democratic social revolution, or do we want to be the root cause? So can, I, can I just ask, it, who, can I just ask, who in the room would feel comfortable with an organization that represented only property owners? No. search going on, obviously everybody knows that. There's a lot of people that aren't here present because they're involved in that search. So I just want to reiterate and state that there's a lot of other input that could be participating in this type of a meeting. So I don't know how much we're going to decide now that discludes them just because there's a lot of things going on. And this so is the I, I actually meant to speak yeah. about the search at the very beginning, and I apologize for that. I've been, I've been part of it, and I will go back to it. I actually considered canceling the meeting because of it. But I thought it, so. But well, we I talked to enough it. people yeah. who said, you know what? Life also needs to go on. It's a couple of hours. Nothing will be decided here today. Like, this yeah, is an I ongoing just, process. I just want to be really inclusive and know Absolutely. that there's a, very a whole lot more people in Cortesa. Absolutely. And the reason that I booked both spaces is so if there were too many, we could go there and kick the kids in here. And, and what, if I can interject what I hear in your comment, which I find very valuable, is this information, without editing, without anyone saying, well, this was more important and that was less so, can become, in fact, a point form to say, yeah. okay, everybody, here's the next opportunity. Here's something yeah, we talked about. Sure. Let's Absolutely. get together again. Yeah. Cool. And that's at least as one member of the community how I see all this, which yeah. is I'm trying to take these kind of weirdly ragged notes so we can sit together and say, okay, yeah. here's a little bit of a playing field because yeah. there are a lot more people who want to. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Helen is my first first time speaker. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was interested. Um, we touched a bit on what what the, um, the group would do, or the committee, whatever you call it, council. And um, and you mentioned that they, that um, on Hornby that um, they they um, take the contract for the um, the council, whatever it's called. 
regional district. Um, I just wanted to uh, sort of um, flag up, there's some really good stuff already happening on Cortez, mm -hmm. like Friends of Cortez, we've had the parks contract now for about 15 years, mm -hmm. which is great work in parks. I know the recycling centre does great work and you know, they've got a contract and so on. And so I would just have a, it's just a plea really to look at what's already good and what that's happening and not to just assume, you know, nothing's happening and, and it needs, it all needs changing. So just, just, you know, some great stuff. Look at that, you know, when I went to that meeting, there's some great stuff happening, different groups doing different work. And I think you don't want to be duplicating that work, but looking, trying to supplement what, what groups are doing and supporting them. Yeah. And I think on Hornby, Hira has become an umbrella for, like, they don't have a foci like. Hira is that kind of central clearinghouse. Now, they have a whole bunch of organizations as well. Um, but they just, they develop differently as, as an organizational, cult, as a community Yeah, culture. and I think just engaging with the organizations mm. and sort of checking in with them more well, well, well. Okay, I've got uh, Basil, Tamius, Roy, Andy, and Dee as second time speakers. And, and Kristen. Oh, oh, Please. oh, yes. Okay, we'll do first Sunday, so Kristen. No, 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 I want to be at the oh, end of oh. the second. Well, let's go with Sonia and Bruce then, who, who haven't spoken yet. No, we, I've oh, oh, you both have. Sorry, so you're at the bottom. <laughs> uh, and then probably, probably near the end of that, Kristen will speak, and then we'll shift gears into kind of where to from here. Because I'm thinking, not to cut anyone off. So tell me. Um, I heard someone talk about consensus versus majority, and wanted to point out a couple compromises for large group decision making, mm -hmm. like it could be a majority, but it has to be a majority by at least 10 people, or um, or something passes if at least twice as many people vote for it as against it, and then it's like mm -hmm. most of the way to being consensus, or, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. yeah, there's compromises like that, that I think would be more functional for a big group direct democracy, which I hope is what we can have for the big decisions. I think super majority is 75%. There's absolutely different markers. Like yeah. 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 Um, and um, the other thought I'm just pulling together is um, that uh, an outcome from an ambition for this meeting could be to move into planning a gathering that will be that will fill the hall right. and that will make some real decisions. Right. And we could think of ourselves here now as doing the like that we're gonna we're working on calling that meeting and maybe that means there are several smaller meetings which should absolutely be um, inviting people who weren't here today. Mm -hmm. um, but that could be where we're looking to next is mm -hmm. at some point let's let's make it make sense for hundreds of people to gather and make some directly democratic decisions. Thank you, Thomas. I think Tomas's points are well taken. And I think what we're doing here is is representative or direct democracy. And this was an island-wide invitation. Mm -hmm. It was well communicated to the community. Mm -hmm. This group was able or was enthusiastic enough to take some of their time and to come and to think about this and try and contribute to this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think we all want to see a bigger participation in the next meeting. But I also think the point that was made about a communication from this group to everyone else 
who wasn't able to be here but is interested is an important thing for us to consider. Now that we're almost three quarters of the way through the meeting. So time is short here. Mm -hmm. It feels to me like there is the beginnings of some consensus. And I'm wondering if we could do a bit of an experiment in representative democracy and take the things that seem like we could report to the community that there was a strong support for, maybe even do a show of hands. Mm -hmm. Because I think that if we ask for a show of hands in this room, who likes the idea of continuing the conversation about a residence council and having a vote be something like written up there? I think that, you know, it feels to me like there's three quarters of the people here who would say, yes, I think we should continue the conversation. And I think that's what we need to get the bigger meeting. If we just say, well, we're going to have another meeting like the last one, my fear would be there'd be half as many people at the next meeting because nothing came out of this meeting here. So let's show some forward momentum to create the excitement to get the bigger meeting for the next time. And maybe in that meeting, we can actually decide to go and start planning for the election. Okay. You have a few more? I do. Roy. Um, I wanted to talk about voting in response to what you said, but first of all, I'm sorry, um, town meetings are like a democracy with the whole system where you vote. Mm -hmm. Town hall meetings are where you get together to talk about a topic. Um, so, okay. Just, you, you keep on saying town hall. But going to the yeah, Vermont town hall model of voting, they like to restrict it to just the people who show up to the meeting. And the reason is they won't take uh, absentee votes. They want a, a communication within. They say that when people actually are talking about issues, you'll find that they uh, change their mind. Um, you have issues coming through on the floor. You have all that communication stuff. Face to face. Yeah, and you don't get that if you're voting in. Same uh, if you're standing for a position, you're face to face with your community. So that's what I was kind of talking about before. You're face to face, and you're saying, yeah. "Yeah, I'll do two years." That's on you. Yeah. yeah. And also, they recognize that you get a smaller electorate, but you have an engaged electorate and one that's communicating. Mm -hmm. And yet, they did note that it's mostly seniors who come out. Yes. So, so there are. We're looking to for some kind of bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I hear that, right? Yeah. This is part of it. That's why I ran for office 11 years ago. Where's my generation? If I could just interject as your, your friendly sort of interrupt here, if this captures some of what you were talking about, that whether whomever it is that's gathering further information, that these are some of the research models you just described. Town meetings, there's a lot of different versions of direct democracy, a residence council, I'm trying to capture that in terms of Hornby, just so that we see, this isn't just like one thing to go out and look at. Plus a bunch we don't know about. Yet. Plus a bunch we don't know about. They're under direct democracy. Uh, Andy. Oh, yep. this Andy, yes. Well, well. That too? Oh, no, it was him. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, by way of light relief, I'd like to quote a very short poem that I wrote recently. It's called God. And it goes like this. God, that was a brilliant thought. I wish I could remember what it was. Well, you did clap your hand about 20 it's minutes ago. It's called brain fade. I'm experiencing brain fade. I'll give you a piece of paper to write your thoughts down. So gone? That's, That's it. Thank you. Okay, uh, Dee. Um, I was just thinking that 
we've been talking as if a series of public meetings would be a wonderful way to get this new structure moving. And I have to say, I think about it the other way around. I think that the best thing about this new structure is that it could engender a whole series of actual public meetings. Because to me, that's the most important part of the whole process. It's not about whether you have four people on the board or six people on the board or how they're elected. It's about actually getting people into public meetings and relearning how to have that civil discourse face to face where we argue about stuff instead of running around behind each other's backs to win. Yes. Yeah, D, I think, yay. Plan a gathering that fills the hall really catches me. Yeah, that mind. catches me. Right there. Like, it's like, because that's doing the most important thing about this. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if it creates a council in the end. It matters if it creates public meetings. If it fills the hall, yeah. that's what we so, so can I test then my question? My, <laughs> The, the, the sort of pro proposition that I left at the end of my article to you a couple days ago was, might we create some kind of committee to investigate options? I'm hearing that actually that is the antithesis of what you would most love, or do, or do they live in combination somehow? I think they live in combination. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sonia, Bruce, Doug, Andy, and then I think we're Doug kind of wrapping up and going to next steps. I guess I, my, I've always been curious about this, is how can the, if we have a council on any kind of board, the, how do the people really represent, rather than just the best interests of the community, but sections of the community, which we've tried before, I mean, certain boards have been that way, but it seems important because one could sit alone and just only speak for the non-speaking, the, the wildlife, the, the future of the unborn children. And it's it's real it's important. I'm not saying this is how I'm just throwing things out that I've always felt like we maybe needed that. The people that are just you know, the parents of children that just can't make it, that that just think only about them and make sure they go back to those people. That's one but I definitely prefer to start this process like Dee was saying, how can we just fill a room, allow people to disagree? I feel like this we don't allow people to disagree in public mm. enough. Like be how you feel, be okay with it, not be attacked by it, but I don't know how you, I mean, we're all trying to learn this, I mean, our whole lives. It's new consciousness. I think it's important, I feel this island, that might be one of the reasons why people don't come out. It's not just that they feel they're going to be attacked, it's that they feel they're attacked because they want to say something a little bit more. You know what I mean? They, they, mm -hmm. It's not so much that they feel like they're going to, anyways, one point. The, the other point was, um, treaty negotiations are going to take forever. I wish the world would just, because of the urgency of climate change and just the, the struggle we're in, that the land would just be given back, let's put it that way. But we're sitting in this position in, in these regional districts where they're making decisions, hopefully, will be made together. As at one point, the regional district will be including, like they are with Cayuca being on the board. So. We need to think that way too. Right now, with any kind of um, you know representation, that it always has a voice from who's to represent their people. And one day, it's just everyone in the room. You know, mm -hmm. hopefully everyone would be in the room regardless. But it doesn't seem to work that way because of the way the government are set up right now. But and just so you know, the very first thing I did uh, at a community level in this discussion was meet with chief and council in September and say, here's some of my high-level thinkings. I'm interested in creating community council. What do you think? 
going to be involved. And they gave me um, Stephen Brown as, as my liaison, who has the whole governance, sort of self-governance portfolio. I'm in touch with him constantly. He's, he was off island today, otherwise he'd be here. Um, their position at this point is they want to keep abreast um, and just see. But they don't want to be holding up or in the driver's seat of this at all. Uh, but I've let them know continuously that it, at some point it becomes very awkward to not have their voice either as a blessing or participatory. They absolutely right. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Dugan. I'm hoping that out of this process that we've initiated today, we'll end up with a representative group that will have legitimacy in both the island's eyes as well as the regional district's eyes. Yeah. So that when issues come up or decisions come up that need to be made regarding Cortez, great or small, they're dealt with firstly by Cortez and reflected to the regional district, either through the regional representative, probably, or directly to the regional board. And the regional board will know that the island community has um, considered the issue and held meetings about it and come to a consensus, however we determine that to be, um, that the decision being conveyed whichever way it's conveyed, mm -hmm. will reflect the island's mm -hmm. consensus. Mm -hmm. that, that used to be the way it operated up until, oh, probably the middle 80s or so. Mm -hmm. And subsequently, I think we found that the continuing and slow changeover in staff at the regional district level, and the also, as I mentioned earlier, the discontinuing of the municipal representatives in the decision-making process and reflect or reverting it to just the rural areas <coughs> having to make the decisions about money allocations and decisions um, has descended to the point where we're at now mm -hmm. that if we can come up with a reflective representative group from Cortez that can work that all through and get back to sorting it out on Cortez before it goes to the regional board mm -hmm. rather than having things suggested from the regional level to the community that they're going to happen, um, like the decisions already made sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's usually what gets the back of at least a certain proportion of Cortez people up, that decisions <laughs> are made off island and then they're made to us. Yeah. And we always run into that with our review of our, our uh, documents, our bylaw revisions and our community plan revisions, is yeah. that they tend, each time we get out to doing it again, they send somebody over thinking that they should orchestrate it for us, and we just have to re-educate them every bloody time that we like to do it here and tell them what we want, and then they can figure out how to put it into the legal use that they need to have it to make it work. Um, but then it's done from the grassroots rather than from the top. Um, I'm kind of in D's camp, which you mentioned about the, the idea of just the name. I don't want to get hung up on a name, but right away when I think of council, it gets heavy. Just, it's like, oh shit, it's long drawn, whatever. So, I, like for example, maybe if we were to say it's a Cortez direct democracy event, all opinions welcome, all opinions encouraged. Kind of like when you go to the free store and that sign says, what is it? The shoplifting is encouraged. It's funny. Everybody likes that. And, yeah. and I just got this gut feeling like if we say, 
community council. Oh. It sounds heavy. There's something heavy involved. Oh, interesting. I think, I think pushes people yeah. away. I could be wrong. Huh. That's all I want to say. I would be very happy if we came away from this meeting. I'm thinking about where we're we going from here. Yep. I'd be very happy if we came from this meeting with a list of somewhere between four and six people who agreed to work on a committee together for the next month and call an, uh, another community meeting to five or six weeks down the road uh, for that committee of people to report on the questions of uh, name and the questions of uh, what's a good model to use. Because I think we should go ahead on this. I don't think we need to wait for, for a legal uh, structure. No. I, I think we, I think if it makes sense to us as a community to do this, let's do it. And, and uh, I think what we need to come out of this meeting with is, is a list of half a dozen or five, whatever, a good working group size, mm -hmm. to, to consider the, the primary questions. What do we think this organization should be doing? What do we think we should call it? And what sort of a model of governance are we going to use? And there's, we've got a lot of good questions that come up today that mm -hmm. can be considered by, by a committee and reported back to a meeting. So that's where I'd like to see us go from here. So can I ask you then, um, would, well, obviously, <laughs> is, is that committee then a self-selected committee? Yep. Is that a committee that's appointed by me, or is it a committee a, that's elected no, by the community? Not. I not, completely not, agree. Not thank you. By you. So, thank you. Some people have suggested that, and I vociferously oppose. So, you just need to put that out of the room. You want me to select? Selected by the room. So, could we focus? There's still some. Wait, hello. I get to do my thing. Uh, my thing is that there's still some people on the speakers list. Yep. It's 25 to 5. I still want to take a moment to summarize. I get my moment yep. here. Yep. So we're going to refocus before we come back to Andy's very practical suggestion, which I think we're going to do before we walk out. It's just I'm hearing a self-selected group of people who are going to go the next step. A group of volunteers who believe in investigating this process yep. and reporting back to a community meeting to make a decision about what they recommend. Okay, my only caution to that is sometimes if you get an open call for anybody who's willing, you get somebody in that group who nobody else wants to work with. And so there's some value in just being mindful about how to have a group that can really work well together. Okay, then the suggestion would be if we, we identify a smaller group, say four rather than six okay. if you wish, and say, okay, and re re report back to the community in the information section of our local rags, uh, and, and say, uh, these four people are going to investigate it, you <coughs> to work with them to do this, give, uh, give a call to whoever's the voluntary chair. Well, let's let's go with whoever's left to speak right now. I'm very mindful of the time. Yep. I don't want to wear my reputation, Sandy. So I've got uh, Rick, Elizabeth, Fred, and Sandy. Okay, I, Sandy's the first ask, time speaker. Yeah. So let's go with Sandy. And then could I? Is it okay unless somebody's just ready to blow up that we stop with those four for the moment? Okay, Sandy. Timing is key. Um, the one comment about voting, you had to be physically present to vote, kind of brought this up in my mind because I'm like, okay, there's people who have ability issues, there's people who are sick, 
there's people who are at work and can't necessarily be at all meetings. And that was the big thing for me. It's like, I'm here because it's a weekend. I'm like, yay, not a weekday, nine to five meeting. That's awesome. So my fear is if you do things weekdays, nine to five, you're not making it inclusive to Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rick, Elizabeth, and Fred. Yeah, I just have a quick thing. And maybe as we leave here, we could think about uh, the function of this proposed organization. And the thing that occurs to me is that part of it is to take over some function of the regional district, but another part that could be in terms of distributing resources or relating to them directly, a clear voice from Cortez, um, instead of a fragmented one. But the other thing is to identify what the regional district either does badly or refuses to do at all. And that becomes a part of our scope. So I think each of us can identify certain things where we feel the regional district has um, been unwilling to engage with us on, or just isn't up to speed on the issue from our perspective and cut a little bit of a list of okay this this could be better this could do better this permitting this kind of thing like that whatever it is that you see is lacking in the present arrangement and that way we can start to get some list of functions that we can discuss that might be possible for this group um, I just wanted to caution against um, not including uh, people who live here part of the year because if they're not included, they're going to be the ones who go to the regional um, district to the to the regional district and complain. And we don't want that. Yeah, and there's quite a few, just to underline, quite a few places in here. Mind you, not carefully defined yet, but all kinds of open membership, open format, um, include everybody. And I think that from the get-go, that discussion of part-time residents, I, I think the only inclusion I haven't heard is visitors. Basically. What? Tourists. Tourists. Well, we can't, <laughs> we can't include No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> saying everybody else is Do I ask for 
hands then at not this point? Yet. No. I'm not done. It's <laughs> not <laughs> first. Okay. What I want to do just with like 17 minutes left is I'm good at pattern making and I just want to show everybody kind of what you said in terms of a pattern. And then I am quiet and we're doing the last step. We had four questions, sort of. Who would this be? What would we do? How would we form it? What new version from the old wisdom might emerge? And it quite fascinates me that over and over again, in terms of its detail and in terms of its depth, we talked about who does this include? How do they vote? How do they get chosen? How do we get them involved? And my sense is that's probably the biggest collection of comments was around who's in this and how do you get them there. The second that really jumped out at me is there's lots of different versions of how this happens. Some successful, some not, clearly some definitely not. Um, how do you find all that out? That seems to be the second area that a lot of people commented on. That there's lots of versions, now what do we do? And the things that didn't interestingly get talked about, mm -hmm. uh, money, and there's nothing wrong with talking about money, I just didn't, I didn't hear any comments yeah, about it. I heard one. one. I just said, no, I got one right here. Money for election for all to accept the results. Well, that's a really huge thing about inclusion. Somehow, this whole system has to work so everybody accepts the results, or all we've done is take one version we call dysfunctional and replaced it with another version that will also be dysfunctional in its own separate way. So all accepting the results is back to the who votes, who's included, how does that work? Right? And what didn't we talk about? I think we talked about it all. I'm impressed. <laughs> but it's this last comment that really jumps out at me. We didn't have, it, you, who could read that, right? Create a format a larger group can work with. It was one of Fred's comments. And this works in this room with this sense of camaraderie and exchange. Try and imagine without a structure, without an agenda, without some way to focus the conversation, and there's 150 of us. So this, I'm glad somebody mentioned it because it really jumped out at me that somehow this enthusiasm has to translate bigger. Or it's license. just going to be in a <laughs> well, what? Get a liquor license. <laughs> Okay, that's my summary. Go for it. So we have perfectly 15 minutes for what's next. And we don't need to take that whole 15 minutes. Um, just, just to be clear, I said at the beginning that I wasn't going to run again because I, for all kinds of reasons, I, I don't think, I don't think Cortez should get stuck thinking that only I can do it. I don't want to get stuck in thinking this is the only role in the community. But I would do this forever. Like, it's the politics stuff that 15 years is enough of. I do this forever and pay to volunteer whatever in any capacity. And, that, and that's really what I, I hear so many of you saying is like, this is the juice. Of, of how do we come together and, and make systems work here. 
Uh, I do want to say there's somebody in the room who will remain anonymous who said, you know, Noba, you're a few years ahead of your time. You know, people look back and think this is a good idea, but Cortez isn't ready for it. And I'm so, so grateful to those of you who are ready to at least really dive into the conversation. Um, and then lots that won't be. And there, for lots of people, this will be a real stretch. And others who think it's an outright ridiculous, stupid idea and you're trying to create revolution. Um, so just know that this is an incredibly feel-good kind of room and that we need to create that kind of structure to support um, the, the real hearted questions as we, as we get down to the brass tap stuff. So um, between now and the next community meeting, which is I'm hearing the will in the room, it, are there some of you who want to help shape that group? Um, sh should I be part of it or not part of it? I'm not attached either way, but I'd love your wisdom on that. Are there people who aren't in the room who should really be part of it? How does that get selected? Um, I was defaulting to a very complicated version of actually somehow electing that group, that intern group, so that you didn't have somebody who nobody was willing to work with and it wasn't appointed by me and it wasn't a self... But maybe that's far too complicated. So how do we create that interim working group that gets to a point of recommending to the community and is the one, the body who consults with the community and learns about other models and comes up with a, hey, what do you think? And then test that out in that, in that direct democracy way. How do we get from here to there? And who's willing to put in some hours? I see the I'm going, yeah, it does. Okay. I, want to I mean, I can't, I can't give a whole ton of time. I'm already tapped, but this is lots, fascinating lots, to me, and I want to be a part of it. So who who else is keen on being a part of it in this room? Oh, there's, I, okay. Can we do a quick show of hands because this was a yeah. discussion. It's kind of key is how big this group is. Some people yeah. said four, some people said six, and that's something we can solve by just a show of hands. We can throw out a bunch of numbers, and then we can at least get a consensus of the size of the group before okay. we have a number of people and then decide who it is because some people might think it should be bigger or smaller and that's sort of important I to think, I think what we should be doing is describing what what we think that the, the group should be doing in the next four weeks. Andy we've got that right here but thanks I'm going to review it I, at least I think we have it right here um, that this steering committee for lack of a better name we can put red beside maybe the things that they oh that's not a very good marker no, here here Kate, Kate. <laughs> Okay. We're going to go with it. <coughs> We're going to research models, okay? What's out there? We already know about Hornby. We've talked about the rate pairs. I know there's other ones, right? So they're going to do something around town meetings, residence council. Some suggestions, some discussions, some research around how to fit that, whatever the that is, to Cortez. How do we include everyone? Are there face-to-face -face and... Um, <coughs> technological versions of how to create that. Answers to what will we do, and I hope I caught um, Sonia's point because it's really a significant one for me, is who is the we? Is it just humans? Is it the other than human world? Um, uh, does it include place? So that's a big one. Uh, this steering committee, hopefully, is going to be able to come up with a plan for a gathering that fills the hall about what they found out, who's involved, and how does it fit to Cortez. And what it does. We haven't, got, we haven't talked about that a bunch here. No, but um, we have it written down somewhere. Well, well answers to what will we do? Four weeks. No, it, 
There's four and things. it can be a beginning. I mean, I, I, I see it being a body where we can hear each other and hear, hear our own voice, a body that can advocate to external organizations, regional district or otherwise, a body that can help, and it doesn't have to do all these things, but these are some of the versions I, I see. A body that can help coordinate all the great existing social profit work, a body that can help coordinate all of the resilience work. There's a number of different roles that it could play. Um, so this group, whoever that group is, needs to come forward with some suggestions about where it would at least start. And what I'm hearing from Nova, just to see if we can get these together, is that's the fit to Cortez. Uh, okay. Right, is all of those possible versions up there in this discussion, or how does it fit here? So what's out there we might be able to work with? How does it fit here? Answers to what will we do in this group, <coughs> and who's the we? That's what I've heard so far might be enough for a steering committee. There's lots of other things here. It doesn't mean they're falling off the page. And in terms of numbers, I'm very curious because your comment kind of went across in a very interesting way three or four people who had their hand up yeah. to volunteer. And I'm curious if those three or four, six or seven people put their hand up, what would the numbers be? Well, or we could start by saying, here's another version, we can, <laughs> uh, we can like, who, who would like a group of more than 10? Nine, eight, seven, and just see. Let's just see how many people are interested. Yeah. Put your hand up if you're interested in participating. There you go. Is there some more women that can Yes, we have one, two, three women, and one, two, three, four, five men. We have four women and five men. Okay, I didn't, I didn't get. It's okay, I'll self-identify as a woman. So I've got, who, who, have I, who have I missed? I've got Doug, Roy, Jeff, Roy again, uh, Tamius, Lisa, Aton, and Carolyn. Jen, did you get me? Jen? Yeah, I think Jen was it. Could there be an option for that group to also keep the communication going with yeah. the larger group? Oh, sure. It doesn't have to be a steering committee. Bingo. A working group. Like with people that are willing to kind of like minutes, the yeah. and then research. Yeah, yeah research okay. committee. I like research committee more than anything. Yeah, so research committee, but just a clarification is these are the bigger questions that we that the steering committee or research group is going to bring and put forward to a packed hall yeah. with some interesting stuff that uh, direct democracies can start having a play with. Uh, so that this next little phase is a group that's committed and dedicated and juiced about getting some pre-facts and some ideas and some, you know, some stuff that can be posted or put up on, on the screen that are the questions that have been played with for everybody to think about and, and maybe some of the answers that have come up that are kind of factual or may pertain to Cortez directly. And I want to, oh, yep. dump, dump, dump. Well, I wanted to just add to Fred and to the group of nine at the moment, it just because... Are you the nine, or am I the nine, or did I miss somebody? Oh, then, then no, there's only eight. Doug, Doug, Roy, Jeff, Tamius, Lisa, Aton, Caroline, and Jen. I have my hand up, but I'm satisfied with the numbers. So no, like yeah. Phil, Phil. Um, and then I do want to ask of the room, is it, and I really don't, well, is it better to have me there or not there? It's I kind of need, 
Non-voting. Well, I don't know that anybody I gets be, a I vote. Believe, I believe you should be there at the request of that group. Here, here, here. Yep. If that group if wants it. If they ask it. you, okay. you okay. come. Great. If they don't ask you, you leave them alone. And then Perfect. we have Andy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we have Andy and Sonia. Okay, here we go. More. Andy, Sonia, Dazzle, 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 okay. Somebody talk. Okay. okay. Um, e email minutes. seems to be a great vehicle for sharing how the progress is going and getting input from this group. We've got a, we've got a group of people who are willing to take on the, the committee role, but they as they go through their process, they could be sharing their thoughts oh, totally. by email and getting feedback from, the, from this larger group. So there was an email list that went around for anybody who wanted to partake? Did everyone get that that wanted to get it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So could I get what? Being a part yes, of the research committee would be that we're busy just gathering information. So every step we take, then it'll be two or three steps back. But everybody starts chiming in. Not necessarily. We can figure out a process that actually the steering committee and research committee can basically take an area reorganize themselves into topics right. and work on those topics and invite people to comment mm -hmm. on those topics and then basically um, summarize all that info, put it back to, to everybody. I would so also suggest yeah. that just like Andy's comment that about if the group invites to know where she's in, if they don't, they're not. And mm -hmm. it might well be that the first time you meet, you say, Okay, how much input do we need right now, later? Let the group decide how they want to make that yeah. work. Well, I, it yeah. sounds and like that would work. One of the principles that overwhelmingly is in this room, it's an open process, open process, yeah. include, include, include. So I think that that's really central to yep. even how we're going to be being going to be a research committee. But in terms of the fact that we're only like 28 people sitting here, it's, it, we already have a challenge of now we have nine people who are informing 28 people who are not yet informing everybody else. So well, I'm just... Wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah. wait there, why are they not informing? No, I'm We're saying in this next two or three weeks, month. So what happens with the notes from this meeting? Yeah. Where does that get published? So e either, people that aren't here that absolute good point. So either, either Chris and I write this up and publish it as... Um, as a summary of this meeting that we called. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and I didn't say at the beginning that this is technically co-hosted also by Folk U, who is this emerging learning lab space that can be whatever we want it to be. And, uh, and Amanda just couldn't be here because she's doing a family weekend. But there, there also is that structure, non-structure, to support the work. Um, so either we do that, um, or we give the notes to you nine who do it and take it from here. I, either way, it's all good. But this has to go out publicly in the next of course it does, handful yes. of days, no question. Uh, so I've got Basil, Sonia, Lisa, D, and Andy again, and we could do this all night. And we could do it and all night. I, I do so suggest that the nine of you stay on for another couple of minutes at least to figure out what next. I was just going to suggest that you put a list together, Nova, of what works and what doesn't work um, structurally. Just in case it got missed and all of us thinking we know what the problems are, like, you know, like just in general, like with what we're trying to solve here, what are the problems you saw with the regional district to Cortez, and what are the problems on the island within organizations of not being able to represent kind of together collectively? I will answer any question that I can answer if that group asks me to. And I, I do I was think just. just in case they don't ask you. Remember, this is a next step. 
So you just to remind everybody, this is a next step of four fairly large topics. So may let the group get together on those. Okay, Basil, Lisa, and Dee, and then I think you're all kicked out except for the nine who are staying. Very briefly, I'm hoping that the nine research committee members will actually create a straw man recommendation or a proposal for discussion. The reason I'm suggesting that is I don't know how else you get more than 28 people to show up to the next meeting. Mm -hmm. yep. So if we did a few yeah. posts and timelines and a few things on Cortez Currents, then let's you know develop something, put it out there for people to think about. I think we might actually get 150 or 200 people next time if we did that. Good suggestion. Especially if we say it's just a ratepayers association meeting. <laughs> 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 Okay, Chris and I will stay with the nine and we'll make sure that gets up. Absolutely. Uh, D, last word. As to sharing results, notes, and so forth along the way, I know people have mixed meal mixed opinions about how long a spoon you need to use to sit down with Google, but I find Google Docs extremely useful for not having to send out active emails to huge lists of people, but having everyone simply looking over everyone else's shoulders and able to attach post-it notes as much as they want to the documents and seeing every revision as it comes in. Yep. It's really great for reducing the communications burden. So is that 10 then in the group? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well done. Well done. Well done. I'm, I'm wearing my crest hat. It is five o'clock. Okay, out. We turn into pumpkins at this moment. Thank you. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I would do it myself. Yeah.